Oh, hello, Luna. Hey, uh, Operator, how you doing? I'm good, I'm good. Bash is clearing up, so... Uh, right. I always use that line when waitresses come to... Wait, the servers come to the table. They're like, how you doing tonight? And I'm like, good, good, the rash is clearing up. Thought I'd come out see yeah, in the public. Good. You know what I say? Mm-hmm. How you doing tonight? And I go, uh, not so good. <laughs> And then don't say anything, and then they go, oh, <laughs> I just want to take your order, but uh, why? You're like a walking Facebook post. Ugh. <laughs> Today, SMH, don't ask me about it. <laughs> I got my girl beside me going, he's just joking. He's completely <laughs> fine. You don't need to ask him because I'm not answering. I'm like, um, well, it's a long story, but if you got but time. You got time, and you're willing to get a good tip. I'll tell you. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Anyways. Hey, I have a question for you. Yeah. Uh, outside of high school, right. do you know where some of the biggest clicks can be found? That's clicks. C-L-I-Q-U-E-S. <laughs> cliques? Woo. Cliques. Clicks. Where some of the biggest clicks. <laughs> that's a really, that's a precarious word. Pornhub? <laughs> um... <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know what you're talking about, to be honest with you. No yeah, idea. it's okay. It's You're right. I kind of, I did set this one up. It's it's one of those things where no one would know the answer except for where I was going with it. Sorry. But uh, actually, uh, rest homes. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny, man. And you know what? They're right. Is this what we're going to talk about today? Uh, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Like like some kind of horrible thing that happened at a rest home? Sure did. Oh, that's the best, man. Rest <laughs> homes are so weird. Because, like, old people, they love community. They yeah. love church. They love, like, you know, going out and speaking to their neighbors and stuff still. So when you put all those people into a home where I've worked at some nursing homes, that happens. Yeah, they have yeah. their own little and – they, and they shun people. It's like a little high school. Like, you're just saying, oh, this yeah. is the best. I love nursing homes. They're horrible. And they're all dying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're they're all the same, but they're all different. Like it's mean girls all over again. And people die. <laughs> At the end, it's not even like high school where you just move on. People like just kick every the day. Yeah, what do you, yeah. that's how you graduate. The click either gets stronger or weaker based on who dies. It's like this weird <laughs> dynamic. You, it's like, you, wow, now that Fern's dead, who's gonna lead the group? <laughs> I, I totally <laughs> Who's going to be my cribbage partner now? <laughs> it's true, man. I, I, my, my grandmother lives in, um, well, did. She was in this like really crazy cool place where the whole place and, and uh, I, I, you've been, you've worked in them. So you can, yeah. you can attest to this, that most rest homes or, or old folks homes or what, whatever, however you want to call them, whatever facility. Yeah, um, old people homes. They are not like the pamphlet says. No, they're horrible. There's like every, abuse happening in there all the time. Yeah, between, every, the, between the clients and from the staff. 
Yeah, right? Um, Every room that you walk into is not like, you can't find that stock photo of everybody sitting around playing bingo. You can't, you won't find that. You know that movie with uh, Adam Sandler in it when his grandma's in, uh, it's it's when he's playing golf, Happy oh, Gilmore. Happy Gilmore, yeah. That's what it's like. Yeah. Like, you know, serving them trash and kind of intimidating <laughs> them all the time. <laughs> no one will believe you. You're senile. Right. <laughs> And and we forget we the, our society does really interesting. I will say, our Western sort of Anglo society does interesting things with our elderly. We kind of put them out to pasture, which is not what every society in the world does. You know, there's a certain level of reverence in many cultures for their, not in this their elderly. one for the most no. part. Very selfish society. Yeah, we put them away. Um, it's a pain in the which ass. Which is interesting. You ever wiped an ass? Uh, yeah, I mean, oh, you... actually, yes. I I worked at Health South um, wow. in Alabama for a while. Really? And you'd you'd get asked to do some crazy things. I was walking by down the hall, and there was an open room, and this woman had this man, this elderly man, like halfway out of the bed, and she was doing it on her own. She's like, "You got to grab his legs, grab his legs." So I uh. ran in and I grabbed his legs, and I put my hands right on, just right on a big old bed sore and it was just like oh you know but but just bed sores like just something like that tells you about the dynamics of a place like that 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 a body can lay so still for so long that the body itself is like you're not moving me so i'm going to decay right here unbelievable i've always been blown away by bed sores it's like oh yeah well it happens it's like it doesn't if you move them enough yeah, like, at like all, it, really. Like, like, <laughs> like, lift him up, move him. Like, if, yeah. if that was my grandfather and he was in my house and I loved the man, he wouldn't have bed sores. I'd be sitting yeah. him up to watch the whatever TV. But, but it happens. It happens, and it and, and it happens so much to the point where it becomes like a normal thing to have a bed sore. Right. That's normal. It has to happen. We don't have enough time. Which is weird because I, I don't know. In my head, I'm constantly like inventing things. I don't know if you do this, but I invent things all the time in my head to like solve problems. And I thought, what if there was like a hospital bed where you put them in, and it's sort of like the traction machine, but sort of like if a traction machine and a and a massage chair had a baby, and it just the 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 mattress moved just enough to kind of keep blood circulating and stuff. Yes. But it's, it's sort of like a posturepedic where it's, you know, it's changing your <sighs> it's knee not position. not a bad idea. Sounds expensive. Probably. That's probably why they don't do it. Probably uh, exists too. So it sounds like, you know, a little bit of bed sores there. Like, like honestly, like a oh. bed sore happens. It happens. I'm not, I'm not trying to like crap on nurses and, and all that kind of stuff because I know how quickly it happens. A bed sore can happen in three hours. It's just oh, a gosh. lack of blood su- supply to a certain area. Right. Over yeah. like the span of three hours, and then suddenly there's a bed sore, and then at that point it's hard to get it back. It's it kind of gets away yeah. from itself. It's terrible, but I mean, I've seen bed, I've seen deep bed sores. Like you could eat cereal out of it. it Ugh, dude. Just, just I've kidding. I've picked dead skin. One of my jobs when I was 16 years old, there was there was this. I don't know what it was on the back of this woman's leg. It must maybe it was a bed sore. It was on the back of her calf, and they're like, just sit here and use these pliers and pull out anything that looks dark brown or black. I was just pulling decay out of this lady's leg, watching freaking Wheel of Fortune with her, killing her in Wheel of Fortune, by the way. (laughs) Just murdering her. (laughs) It's its own world, these these places, these rest homes. Um, 
and there's different levels. You know, there's the active, active uh, elderly, you know, kind of independent living all the way to like full blown. I can't wait. Catatonics, you know, kind of. I can't thing. wait to hear about the crew you got. Oh, yeah. This one's a doozy. Okay. There's well, men, there's like Casanovas in there who have multiple girlfriends. Oh, oh yeah. Sleeping you know? around and everything. Sleeping around. Or, yeah. Sleeping around or dancing around, you know, whatever speed they're at. They have STDs in nursing homes. <laughs> they, get, they get let loose, you know? Well, and it's not this story, but, you know, I, I have some that uh, that we could cover some time of, you know, weird pregnancies that they're oh like, how did this God. even happen? You know, it's probably from one of the dudes who works there though. Like some 27 year old banging an 85 year old. Might be, might be. Or the other way around, you know, the Casanova woos some nurse and you don't know she's pregnant with his baby until the baby comes out and it's super old. That's funny because like, you know how like perverted some of those old guys are and they're constantly hitting on the nurses. Maybe oh, yeah. one of those, you, you you know, you can't catch any fish unless you like, you know, chuck your line out there multiple times. Maybe some <laughs> of those 87-year-old perverts actually get laid by some of those nurses. They might. And then they get knocked up. Kind of a kink that they've got there. Yeah, like the, the 30-something girl that just like remembers her grandpa always smelled like aqua velva. Oh, my gosh. She and... gets a whiff of that and suddenly it's just like on <laughs> for some reason. On. Like Donkey Kong. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Okay. Okay. I'm going to give you some backstory on this. It was a Tuesday in March of 2013. The moon was in its last quarter phase, and the energy of revolutionary transformation was repeatedly energized as three planets, the sun, Venus, and Mars, conjuncted Uranus against its will and squared with Pluto. New beginnings energy was boosted as the sun and Mars entered Aries. I hope Aries was ready for that. (laughs) <laughs> that was my attempt at astrology. Is that it? Yeah. Oh, God. I I was amazed. I thought I was going to, like, find something. I, I typed, like, astrology March 2013, and I thought I'd just, like, get a horoscope or two. But uh, this whole, like, you know, planets aligned and, yeah. like, uh, you know, a couple planets entering Aries, which I believe is an actual human god, so that that had to hurt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so March twenty third. Well, let me say something about that real quick, though. Like, I, I do feel like there's something there with all that stuff, but I feel like the people who grab onto it really ruin its reputation. Yeah. Astrology, like with everything, right? With uh, anything where where it could be considered extreme, there's polar. There's there's crazy. There's Enough people yeah. that give it a bad name, like veganisms, you know, it's, hey, <laughs> That's a good I'd probably too. lose a bunch of weight and be healthy if I was a vegan, but <laughs> can't stand talking about it. Well, you got to be crazy too, though, <laughs> for the most part, you know? But think of the things that uh, that we stay away from that could be good for us, like, uh, you know, <laughs> yoga. <laughs> right. That's gr- Another that's great, great example. Can't, can't, can't stand people talking about it, though. Oh, man. You're making me not want to stretch. You're killing my lower back. <laughs> I blame right. you for my heart problems. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. All right. All right. March 2013. The town of Bakersfield, California, has a population well over 15. People live there <laughs> and can be found living in all parts of the areas within the borders of the city. Lorraine Bayless lived there too. Lorraine Bayless was a woman. Oh, God. 
Lorraine won first place playing bridge at the House of Bridge back in 1984. It was actually a tie for first place with Eva Tusignant, but Lorraine always argued that Eva's three-level conventional opening was a rookie move and proved that Eva was playing on her sheer luck and brandy that she smuggled in her New York seltzer bottle that day. (laughs) Wow, man. You know bridge, huh? Well, you know, I had to Google it. (laughs) Oh, did you? Yeah, I tried. It sucks. You just got to be bored without a TV for a long period of time. And like nickels or something. They play for like pennies. Did you play Did you play bridge with a lot of old people? They tried. I just, I'm good. I just rather abuse them and keep them quiet, you know? <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> just joking. <laughs> Suffice it to say, I think bridge is a complex game. It, takes, it is. You know, no, it's too hard. Some, yeah. Yeah, mental gymnastics to do that right. Boring, too. You just got to like it. I mean, I just didn't like it. I didn't care. But, uh, sorry. Oh, man. Um, in 1965, the local newspaper actually ran an article on Lorraine Bayless. Here is that article. A transistor radio valued at $70 was stolen from her auto parked at 8th and F Streets. Lorraine Bayless of Grand Terrace reported to San Bernardino police. <laughs> That hits the newspapers. That was in the newspaper. What a time. What was weird about that, it was in that newspaper, it was just like plopped in there, like mm-hmm. in a really like random place. It was like there was an article about a recipe and then an article about like a event coming up and then this $70 radio stolen was just like, bah. <laughs> do you th- Do you think the way that that worked back then, it probably works that way a little bit now too, is that just people would send in their news stories and they would, because they each day you're having to put it in a newspaper. The newspaper is the main form of communication from whatever to the people. And they just throw stuff at them. Or did they have to pay for that as like almost like advertisement for the radio being stolen? We think we have Karens today. Oh, Could God. you imagine? Oh, my God. Oh, dude. All they had to, all they, like back then, it was like there were literally housewives, you know, that was like their, their what they did. And so they'd pick up the phone. Yeah. And they would call the operator and be like, I have a story. Janice, put me through to the, the local B. I've yeah. got a story that's going to blow the socks off this town. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, know? you ever seen Everett Scissorhands on the way that that whole community oh, yeah. of women behave? Um, but even worse than that, way, way back, even before then, it's hilarious to think that, not hilarious, it's sad to think. When you say about Karens, we think we have Karens now. You get divorced from your husband. Oh, man. No one will talk to you anymore. You're a pariah. And he was probably yeah. beating the hell out of you. And nobody will talk to you anymore. And all the men are friggin', you know, commiserating with this friggin' guy. Whoa, what a yeah, time. he doesn't skip a beat. Nah, Her life's over. She's a bitch. Oh, she must want yeah. another man. What's wrong with her? That's terrible. It makes you wonder, like, there's a good science experiment there, like social science, like to figure out how did we get there? Like, how, how it, there's times in, in our history where, like, we've been ultra chauvinist. Like, how did we get there? Like, what, what caused it? You know, like, yeah. what were the influences? You know, it's not like we had a, you know, we didn't have a Malcolm X who was driving this chauvinistic regime, mm. you know? Right. So, like, what? What was it? That Good did example, that? Malcolm X, right there. Man, I'm glad you. Well, you know that. what I mean. Like I do like know some, what you mean. Like a pivotal figure that was yeah, like absolutely. driving this 
boom. <laughs> just not there. There's, I don't know. I it's hear weird. you, man. Uh, apes. We're evolved from apes, and and sometimes it takes a while to shake off all that, that dummy stuff. Yeah, apes it's, and then Romans. So. And Romans, see? <laughs> it, yeah, ebbs and flows. I don't know, man. Yeah. It's it's the the construction worker post-World War II with his boys and his wife made him his lunch and they're all out there and it's supposed to be white picket fences and all that. When you create an idealistic thing, yeah. you know, mom, dad, three kids, white picket fence, I guess anything outside of that is just looked at as it's poo-pooed upon. Yeah, it's true. Poo-pooed. Just poo-pooed all the time. Just poopied. It's crazy. All right. Well, um, ironic to the case that we're going to hear today, Lorraine was also a nurse back in the 60s. Nice. Um, all right. Here's what happened. March 2013. A staff nurse called to report that an 87-year-old woman living at Glenwood Gardens Retirement Home had collapsed in the dining room with breathing problems. Classic. The nur- yep. The nurse told 911 dispatch operator Tracy Halverson that the elderly woman, Lorraine Bayless, Classic. was only taking about one breath every 15 seconds. Brutal. And with that, you're going to hate. I'm so excited, man. What am I going to hate? Oh, my gosh. What? Just with that, I'm going to push play. You ready? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Fire department, what's the address for your emergency, please? Yes, we need someone out at Benwood Gardens as soon as possible. There's okay. a lady that what's looks like she fainted or had a hard problem. What is the address? Uh, I, I, uh, what's the address here? Do you know the address? It's Glenwood Gardens. It's right on the corner of... Okay, uh, you don't know the address. That's Hill. okay. Where's the patient located? The patient located is in the dining room. Um, what happened? Do you know? She just started... Passing out. Passing out. Okay. She, was, she was eating. She was in the chair. Like she lost her. Okay. So somebody fainted. Are you with the patient now? Um, I'm close to her. Okay. About how old is she? Um, she's in her 80s. Is she awake? Is she awake? Is she awake? No, she's not. Is she breathing? Is she breathing? No. Okay. Okay. Listen carefully. I want you to lay her flat on her back on the ground and remove any pillows. Hi, this is Colleen. Okay, I'm right here. Okay, okay flat on the back um, on the ground, no pillows, okay? Yeah, She's unconscious, yeah. barely breathing, they said. Let me yeah, see. Do they have her on the ground? Oh, it's very faint, yeah. We, okay. She's on the ground. Okay. Yeah, she's breathing. It's very slow. Yeah, she's she's breathing, but it's like five breaths a minute. Okay. Any more? Okay, no. that's not, we need to get CPR started. That's not enough, Okay. Um, let me. Yeah, we can't do CPR. Okay, then hand the phone. To, hand hand the phone to the passerby. If you can't do yeah. it, I need to hand it to the passerby. I'll have her do it. Or if you've got any any citizens there, I'll have them. No, no. Anybody there can do CPR. Give them the phone, please. I understand if you if your facility is not willing to do that. Give the phone to that passerby that that stranger that had that then. I need this woman's not breathing enough. She's going to die if we don't get this started. Do you understand? I understand. Okay. I am a nurse, but I cannot have our other senior citizens who don't know CPR. I will instruct them in, We're in a dining room. I will instruct them. Is there I, anyone I there who's willing? That. Okay. I don't understand why you're not willing to help this patient. I am. Okay, great. Then I'll walk you through it all. We, EMS takes the liability for this, Colleen. I'm happy okay. to help you, okay? This is, this is EMS um, protocol. 
Okay. I don't know where he is, but he's yelling at me and saying that we have to have one of our other residents perform um, CPR until instruct, and I'm not going to do that. And what is that call? Colleen, is there anybody that works there that's willing to do it? We can't. Are we do just going to wait? That's we're going to let this lady die? Well, that's why we're calling 911. We sorry. can't wait. She can't wait right now. She is stopping breathing. She's taking three breaths. It's not enough. We need to get CPR started. He's saying we don't, so you can talk to my boss, and I'm... Okay. I don't know... They're, they're refusing saying. CPR. They're going to let her die. By the facility, yeah. When will the fire department be here? When will the... They're coming as quick. They've been on the way all this okay. time, but we can't okay. wait. This lady's going to die. Yeah. Okay. Well, then, if, if if you get anybody, any stranger that happens to walk by that's willing to help, okay. I understand if your boss is telling you you can't do it. Yeah. But if there's any, as a human being, I don't, you know, is there anybody that's, where, yeah. that's willing to help this lady and not let her die? Um, not at this time. No, no. They, won't, they won't touch her at all. Okay. What do you think? I just, <laughs> it's the most infuriating phone call I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> right? I just, uh, I just, like, is there a DNR? Is there a do not resuscitate order? Is okay. that is that what the issue was there? I'm going to give you some information here. Okay. But but I love the operator. I love yeah, how right? the operator is like, like, in my mind, it's like, even if there is a DNR, you've called us. Why are you calling us? You want help? You want someone to pick up the body? Like, yeah. Right. But hand it off to a complete stranger, just somebody who's there to visit one of the old men or old women who are there. She wouldn't do it. And I'll instruct them. No, thanks. We could, we could, we could bypass. If you are being, if you are being restricted by say a DNR order, this is all I, I can assume. You're, you'll tell us the information, but if you're being restricted by that, just hand the phone to somebody who's walking by and we could bypass that. Yeah. Right. So infuriating. So, inf- okay. Tracy, the dispatcher, gave distinct instructions to Colleen, the nurse, not to be confused with any other person named Colleen who actually has a moral compass. (laughs) But for Colleen, the reasoning was clear. She was simply not permitted to help under Glenwood Gardens' no CPR global policy. (laughs) But whether ethically unwilling or legally unable to take a personal stand against the rule, Colleen eventually just refuses. Even after the dispatcher reiterates that the liability isn't on her, but on EMS if she were to follow their instructions. Right. The city fire department, to answer your question, to the city fire fire department incident report also states that emergency workers found no no. do not resuscitate order or DNR for Bayless. What is going on then? Almost 10 minutes after the call was placed, an ambulance arrived at Glenwood Gardens. Paramedics took Bayless to a hospital where she was later pronounced dead. Perfect. Well, I mean, man, that lady on the phone sounded burnt out. She sounded like she was being asked if they have, like, I don't know, more ring dings in the back, sir. I don't know. Whatever's here in the front is what we got. I don't feel like going yeah. in the back to grab more ring dings, to be honest with you. I'm only getting paid minimum wage. Like, dude. It, it, you know what it reminded me of? Like the way she was talking so slow oh, and God. drawn. She's it reminded dying. me it reminded me of a basketball player wa- uh, running out the clock. 
Yes, yes, you know, yes, yes. Just yes. dribbling and doing the thing. Like her pace, no one has that pace in their voice. Uh, can you get so-and-so because she's yelling at me and she she's literally slowing down her dialogue so yep, that she yep. could stretch this out. It sounded like like a restaurant where it's like, yeah, the customer is always right, but you know, behind the scenes here, we're spitting on the hamburgers. Like <laughs> it, it just it just felt like um that's not a place where you want your grandmother or your grandfather to live. That's that's for damn sure. But it also was reminiscent of certain staff that I've worked with in my past, which which freaks you out, right? Uh, people get burnt out, and then they almost start to celebrate when something bad happens to these people because they've been such a pain in their ass. That's how they see it. You know, I've had been having to clean her bed sheets. I've been having to care for this person for all this time, and now something's happening to her. You see that. You see this vindictive kind of nature happen in certain nurses in, in these homes or personal support workers where I am. Where it's like, oh yeah, good. She she fell. Did she break it? Perfect. <laughs> She'll be gone uh-huh. soon. Yep, exactly. Yeah, it's burnout, right? And yeah. and and uh, these these kind of careers, I think they um, they are what would you say like weeks of drudgery spiked with moments <sighs> of high intensity. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah, 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 monotony. Uh, weeks or hours, long hours of monotony spiked with moments of, like you said, yeah, definitely, man. But this is a moment right here, and she sounds like she's still in monotony. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think. Well, there's definitely more, more okay. to this. Fun fact to know and share: there was a study done of different sports and uh, athletes, if you can call them all athletes. Um, <laughs> guess what they said was the most stressful on the body that showed the most, the highest level of stress the contrast from low to high which one do you think i don't know billiards oh really it's tough yeah it is tough man yeah it was like nothing to like screaming levels yep. of anxiety oh, to that's interesting nothing. yeah it's crazy i'd probably put bowling on that too it's <laughs> <laughs> hard to <laughs> talk about this this is ridiculous okay sorry okay all, all right. right um <clears throat> um okay so uh sh- so the deputy chief, Michael Miller, uh, who's over the dispatchers, said Tracy followed the protocols right up to the point where she could no longer follow protocols because there was nowhere to go. Basically, she was, you know, she did everything she could. This is, is the, this is the operator? That, that's the deputy chief, Michael Miller, was saying that about the dispatcher. About the, but the dispatcher is Tracy. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I was just like, trying hey, to. Okay. She did everything she could. Gotcha. Police kicked off an investigation but said that they hadn't found any evidence of criminal misconduct or criminal culpability in their preliminary investigation. This is what Glenwood Gardens Executive Director Jeffrey Toomer, <sighs> Toomer, that's funny, Good one. Uh, defended the nurse, uh, saying, in the event of a health emergency at this independent living community, mm-hmm. our practice is to immediately call emergency medical personnel for assistance and to wait with the individual needing attention until such personnel arrives. That is the protocol we followed. So here's the argument that they were making. It was like Glenwood Gardens has three different types of facilities at the site. There's independent living, assisted living, and skilled nursing. Skilled nursing is under the oversight of the State Department of Licensing and Certification. Okay? Do you have a human being section? Yeah, exactly, right? At Glenwood Gardens? 
The assisted living falls under the state office of social services, but there is no office that had jurisdiction over independent living facilities for seniors, and that's where Lorraine lived. So basically, she lived in something similar to a house or apartment next to other people of similar age. Mm -hmm. So here's my argument there. They're talking about a protocol that they have. This is an independent living facility, right? So more or less... No, I know exactly. It's an what apartment this is. complex, right? Yeah. So if there is no state agency and there are nurses around, that makes them civilians. Sure. Right? You, yeah. Because there is no there's no jurisdiction over them, you as a nurse then are a civilian. So you have the choice to do whatever you want because there's no state agency telling you what not to do. Dude. You should be able to do whatever you want to help somebody that would be that's you're making you're making great points also just the fact that she doesn't have a dnr like yeah no dnr is it just because she's 80 how old was she 87 i think it was 87 like just it's like you know that attitude of uh you know we see a lot of old people dying here and uh, i don't think i'm gonna do that Uh, that she's in she's in she's in this uh, assisted living and like you're saying you have these nurses around that could could just help her out I, i feel like she's a victim here of just probably the way she looks in her age. Like if you had a 65-year-old in assisted living whose mm-hmm. face was a little smoother and he fell over and he wasn't breathing Had right. a little more personality, maybe a little more pep in his step. A little more person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't shit his pants every day. Mm-hmm. Not that, you know what? And and I'm joking there and it's it's crude, but if she's in assisted living, probably better off than most of the people that they have in the actual nursing home where they have to have full-time care all the time, oh, right? Right. It's interesting. Like I, uh, the devil is definitely in the details when it comes to like when a legal statement is made, and you'll notice in that the when the executive director defended the nurse. I'll read it again because it's interesting. I hate, it says, I hate when these guys try to defend with this. I know garbage. This speak. Go ahead. He says, in the event of a health emergency at this independent living community, our practice is to immediately call emergency medical personnel for assistance and to wait with the individual needing attention until such personnel arrives. That is the protocol we followed. So what he's not, what he's omitting is the fact that they have a protocol in place that's a no CPR protocol. He's not saying anything about that here, though. He's just saying our protocol so he's 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 not talking about what else is protocol, right? Do you know? Do you know? Do you, so, yes. Sorry to cut you off again. I think the reason you, you might get to this, if I was to guess, the reason why they have a no CPR protocol is that maybe they've broken chests or ribs or something in the past in old people, and they don't want to be held accountable or sued because of any injuries that could happen with doing CPR. Am I way off there? No, I don't think you're way off. Um, like, you think about it, and this is not apples to apples, but like, if a child has a 504 or an IEP in school, uh-huh. that's a state determined document that's written up that says this child needs XYZ help and it's defined, right? So, in a, in a, in a, in a medical facility, care is defined. And so care gives you your bounds by which you're supposed to operate, right? And so in the other two um, facilities on site, the uh, assisted living and skilled nursing, there would be a a definition of care, probably, uh, some kind of a standard operating procedure. But with independent living, because there's no definition of care, 
They -hmm. basically just have a sign posted that's similar to like, you know, at a swimming pool, like no eating, no (laughs) no CPR, no lifeguard, you know? So, um, I'm guessing it rules out their, their responsibility to do anything. Yeah. But, but you could have though, right? Oh, I think so. Well, and and you could have, but you also could have, right? Yeah, I think exactly to your point. I mean, moral compass comes into play here because there's there's nothing that says you're not allowed to be a human. Like the dispatcher said, is there anyone, is there a human being there that yeah. can help? <laughs> I love that. That dispatcher was great. Yeah. Ugh. So I, I also find it's, and this is kind of an aside, but isn't it funny how life follows patterns? Like we're born and immediately we're put into a room with other, with like 30 other people our same yeah. age and size, all organized in little like baby bins with information oh, cards attached that give doctors and nurses vital health information about us. Mm-hmm. And then when we reach a certain age, we gravitate back to little houses packed next to each other, each one filled with a person of roughly the same age. And we wear bracelets with our special health information on it and diapers. They yeah, have a yeah. kind of a returning cameo role in Dude, the end too. Life, the circle <laughs> of life. Stuff. I, I was I was walking down the street the other day, and uh, I've been here for 10 years in this town that we moved to, right? And we were strangers when we came in, and now people know us and whatever. So I've been here for a decade, and this guy that I knew, he was 70 years old when I got here. And I used to drink with him at the bar, and I loved the guy. Loved him. He was like a grandfather to me, kind of. We would go, we would go um, play golf and all that together, hang out at his house, whatever. He had train sets and stuff. He was just a really cool old guy. Then I had kids. And then we kind of drifted apart. And then the other day, so 10 years later, after having this relationship with this guy when we first came to town, I see him walking out of the bakery. And I go, hey, Ralph, how you doing, man? You want to do some golf on this this year? He goes, goes, to be honest with you, I'm just trying to take a shit. (laughs) (laughs) And he's eating like a granola square. He's like, I don't know. I just, I can't do any of that. I just want to take a shit. And I was like, all right, see you, man. I just kind of laughed, but then he walked away from me. I was like, oh, he's serious. Priorities. He's he's just gone now, right? See you later, Uh, buddy. I'll see you next uh, on a place card at the freaking post office. Yeah. You know what else is funny like that man that you knew? Yeah. He's still alive, but I mean, I don't know him anymore. (laughs) For sure. How poetic, like it's exactly what we're talking about. These people just kind of disappear from yeah. society. Yeah. He's still around. We just, nobody talks to him anymore. He's just, you know, he's always just trying to poop. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sad. You know what else is funny though, Luna? What? Uh, Ads. Uh. Okay, we're back. Uh um, okay, so there, there obviously there was fallout from this, right? And media gets a hold of it, rage ensues. <laughs> yeah. So Dr. Joseph Finns, the chief of the Division of Medical Ethics at Weill Cornell Medical College, remarked that the nurse is confused about where their ethical North Star is. Oof. <laughs> My God. Where's uh, the humanity, man? Pat McGinnis, founder of California Advocates for Nursing Home Reform, stated that nursing homes, quote, should not have a policy that says you can stand there and watch somebody die, end quote, adding that Colleen's conduct was, quote, beyond comprehension. 
Uh, but this story is a ridiculous, circuitous, stumbling mess that finds itself getting more and more confused the further down the rabbit's hole that we go. Nobody seems to know the real story, and nobody seems to keep their story straight. So this is from Forbes magazine. They say, after explaining everything that we just explained, they said, except most of the story isn't true. <laughs> Lorraine, right. Lorraine Bayless lived at a Bakersfield, California, continuing care community called Glenwood Gardens, but in the independent right. living, not in its skilled nursing facility. Right. She did not die of a heart attack, but of a stroke, according to the death certificate signed by her personal physician. CPR may have saved her life, but it's very unlikely. Okay, I want to state here, as a side note, statistically, this is true. Only about 11% of people living in care facilities resuscitated via CPR are revived, and then very few come back to any reasonable level of health. Most continue on with increased health complications or, or death within a short period thereafter. Still, I'm really conflicted on what if my family member was one of those 11%. Right. Like, do I want them to die without life-saving measures or, or live you know, after the fact in an increased state of, like, illness and discomfort? Uh, I don't know. For sure, dude. I don't care. I mean, <laughs> the lady on the phone's an idiot. She's an idiot. Yeah, she's an and, idiot. And, 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 and I love that, like, the fact, like, you know, she would, she would have died anyways. Well, you know, so to me, that's like, that's like seeing somebody bleed out on the sidewalk and saying, well, this guy's going to die anyway. I think he's on his way, yeah. Yeah. Who are you to say? You know, that's the thing is human, as humans, I don't think it's our, our, uh, uh, we've talked about that before. Like, I think there should be a law against just filming an uh, incident as opposed to helping. Yeah, oh, I def definitely you know. do. Uh, if you have film of that incident and you see somebody die in that film, I think you should be uh, charged with like some kind of negligence. But, uh, dude, I'm just kind of blown away by the whole thing. There is more. Once again, this is this is an extension from the Forbes magazine article. Okay, Mrs. Bayless did not want life prolonging medical interventions, so says Forbes magazine. Although the fire people didn't find a DNR, right. and her family is fully satisfied with the care she received, and the staffer who called nine one one, this get this was actually not a licensed nurse at all. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, uh, dude, that's one thing. But also the family being like, yeah, whatever. Of course they're yeah, whatever. They already were yeah, whatever. They probably were. So, okay, this is from the family of Lorraine Bayless. Ready? Get this. We understand that the 911 tape of this event has caused concern. But our family knows that mom had full knowledge of the limitations of Glenwood Gardens and is at peace. <laughs> okay, yeah, right, right. Like she, she was reading reading their code of ethics every day and yeah. like, yeah, if I fall down with a stroke in the hallway, I know they're not going to friggin' run a resuscitate me and I'm okay with yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Like she was fully aware of it. No, you know who was fully aware of it? It was whoever plopped her in that facility. So that's who was aware of it. Um, yeah, she's a goner. We're going to cash. We're going to cash for sure <laughs> in the next like two, three years. And you know what? You're not wrong in a lot of these cases. You know, the the, the family thinks they that person's seen better days. And there is always a dollar sign in somebody's eye somewhere. It's tragic. Did she have money? Do you know? I don't. I don't uh, know if she, she did. 
Well, I do know that she won, you know, back in 1984, she won that bridge competition. So. <laughs> she had some of that old bridge money laying money, around. Yeah, left that over. was her. Man, she thought it was a victory, but yeah, it was her death now. She's old money. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the family says that uh, she did have a DNR oh. and that she did not wish for her life to be prolonged in the event of a medical emergency. Sounds like there's a lot of poorly done paperwork here. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Also, here, here's this. In another instance, when reporters from CNN called Pamela uh, Lorraine's daughter to uh, discuss the incident, the response was dramatically different. Oh, good. When CNN informed Pamela that the local news station was reporting her satisfaction with her mother's medical care, mm-hmm. Pamela responded, quote, I never said I was fine with that. That was completely taken out of context, and I have no further comment. Then she hung up. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. All of that. Here's from Bakersfield.com. Updated in 2016. So three years later, Lorraine Bayless's family said she, quote, personally selected Glenwood Gardens Independent <laughs> Living Facility in Bakersfield, knowing there were not, quote, trained medical staff and that she wanted to die naturally without any kind of life prolonging intervention. What in the world? She chose then, the place. Yeah. Because they're all janitors mopping, freaking whistling a tune when they hit the floor. That sounds like a, a PR person writing that. That, <laughs> that sounds like a, that sounds scripted. Ugh. Then this kit, here's the kicker. Glenwood Gardens later backtracked on its support for the fake nurse. Colleen, issuing a very different official statement. This incident resulted from a complete misunderstanding of our practice with regards to emergency medical care for our (laughs) residents. So, okay, you you can't connect the dots on this, but here I'm going to try to connect the dots. If I'm the family and I know that a medical facility has oopsied with my super old Mm-hmm. relative and my relative died and there may be some inference if not optics of a really bad situation here mm-hmm. i'll bet you money that the facility is going to approach the family and be like so what's it going to cost yeah oh of course and then they're like we are fine with everything that happened our mother wanted to die in exactly this way folded over underneath her table Folded Something. over, shoved underneath the bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Folded over with a bowl of cream corn on her back. <laughs> Accidentally hung out with the lunch. <laughs> yeah. They thought that she was a fitted oh, sheet. Gosh. But I, uh, my personal opinion, and I don't, I don't care if you're if you're part of uh, Mrs. Bayless's family, mm. um, and you want to comment or get out, get reach out to me and tell me different. Go That'd ahead, but. Uh, no one is happy. No one is happy when your loved one dies in this way. Sorry. Even Sorry. when they're 87 years old. And she didn't go in peace. Tell you that. <laughs> she had 15 minutes at least of severe struggle. Hey, man, so. I've met 87-year-olds who look like they have another 10 years in them. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, man. Some 87. If you're 87, you have perseverance to, to, to the nines on you already. It means you're a healthy person, right? If you're 87, yeah. I'm not going to make 87. I'm shooting at 70. My grandma is 90, and she is bright-eyed 
She still has that look of disapproval in her eye every time I'm around. She knows what's up. She knows. She knows. You cannot escape grandma's glance. She pursed lips and everything. She's she's very aware. Man, uh, my grandmother lived to be 93, 94. She got like assisted uh, death there at the end because she was hurting. But like recently she died about a year ago. And um, when she was like 87, I remember speaking to her and her saying to me, you know, I'm just going to keep on going. I'm just going to keep mm. on going for walks. I'm just going to keep on doing my thing. I'm just going to, you know, act like every day is brand new. I'm not going to worry until there's something to worry about. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, just, just to think that uh, there would be there, the optics on this. People looking at this from the outside here are like, whatever. I don't think there's many. But obviously this nurse who was on the phone was like this. And the facility itself was like this. It's like they're going to die anyways. It's like, you know what? Two years to a person who's 87 years old, they, they appreciate every day. Have you ever heard of a, there's a thing, a really cool thing called StoryCorps? No. Okay. So StoryCorps is this like mobile uh, recording studio that drives around towns. And you can sign up to go down to StoryCorps. Like you and I, we could go down to StoryCorps. Not an ad. Not an ad, by the way, right? No, it's not not an ad at all. It sounds like it really sounds like an ad. <laughs> yeah. So StoryCorps lets you, like I could, I, I could be like, hey, dad, come down to StoryCorps with me. And StoryCorps is a way for me to sit there. They record me asking my dad questions. No way. And man, some of the, some of the stories that end up coming out of just two normal random people uh-huh. asking, just having a conversation are That's amazing. Cool, yeah. And imagine yeah. this, imagine that in that last two years of somebody's life, grand grandchild Dorothy for a high school project oh, says, I'm going to go interview grandma. Oh, the best. And there's, and that's a thing that happens in that last oh, two the years best. or in the last moment, you know? So I don't like that when people are so jaded that they're like, well, they're going to die anyway. And they're never going to say that, but their actions speak Dude. volumes. And, and to all the nurses who, who are listening that are like, hey, you're not giving us a fair shake. I, 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 can't, I can't imagine. I guess I, I, there's so much of this I can't relate to. Mm-hmm. That there are dynamics on all sides. Um, but I think most nurses, most medical professionals would say, hey, there is, even if you're not uh, bound by the Hippocratic Oath, uh, there is a level of humanity. Of course there is. There's amazing nurses everywhere, every single day, man. Like I, and, and I'm glad that you said that. Like all the time, but there are, there is this faction, like, and it's like a sickness in certain in certain homes, in certain nursing homes, and especially in private ones. And not that this was one, right? But like, what was going on with this woman being in this, um, uh, like, kind of half care situation? Independent. It just seemed living, like she yeah. just didn't have the right eyes on her, and and all the right things in place to save her life when the time came. That. You know, it, 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 it was like having your child being watched by uh, the neighbor of the babysitter. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't like that. But but anyway, sorry. Nurses do a great job, clearly, every single day. Go ahead, man. What what bums me out about this is Colleen wasn't a nurse either. Uh, yeah, me So too. that's <laughs> troubling. Uh, there should be something like legally, like, you know, there's impersonating a police officer. There should be something about impersonating. I mean, I could be on an airplane and they're like, oh no, this man's dying. And I'm like, 
everybody out of the way. I'm a doctor. And I'm not. <laughs> I perform a tracheotomy on him with a Bic pen and I don't save his life. And then they're like, he, this guy wasn't even a doctor. I mean, I'm going to get in trouble, right? I think so. <laughs> I hope. What if you said I'm an operator? Like I'm an operator. <laughs> yeah, that should do. That should work. I crack his chest open. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Hand me those tongs. <laughs> I sprayed my ankle. You're freaking <laughs> sticking a pen in his throat, <laughs> trying everything you saw in Die Hard. I'm rooting around in his medulla oblongata. <laughs> <laughs> Squeezing his intestines. Maybe he needs a bowel movement. I'll push her along. Yeah. Or as Kent would say, the guy doesn't have enough blood or has got too much blood. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Um, Anyways. Okay, so... Uh, Everyone's got a question. To what end? To what end? What do we do now? So, okay, in October of 2013, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, which is part of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, issued a new directive addressed to state survey agency directors on the subject of CPR in nursing homes. So basically, that's a way of saying a big, giant, high-up entity rolled down a new directive for lower entities within the state that all of these people look up to and they're like, okay, because they said it, we're going to do it. So yeah. um, it basically, it, it was a 21-page thing that distilled down to a handful of points. And a couple of those were that it states that until EMTs arrive with an ambulance, nursing homes, quote, provide basic life support, including initiation of CPR to a resident who experiences cardiac arrest provided the residence does not have a DNR on record. Um, it also states that nursing homes must always keep CPR certified staff on hand to care for residents at all times, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. It also required that staff trained uh, in CPR cannot be just trained through an online course, but that there must be qualifications passed through a physical CPR training course and regular updates to that training. Yeah. Crazy. <sighs> Crazy that it took that, you know, that it took a state agency to tell them to hit, walk, to hold their hand and say, all right, let me, let me put it in a document that you need to be a human. Mm -hmm. You need to use the skills that you are trained to, <laughs> to, to execute on a daily basis you, that I'm going to tell you how to use these to help your fellow man. Th yes. This has nothing to do with anything you just said, but have uh, you ever seen the movie uh, Dr. Sleep? It's the no. second. Okay, I have it, but it. I haven't seen it yet. Second parter to uh, The Shining by Stephen mm. King, and you can watch them both separately. It's fine. I love the movie Doctor Sleep. Kent does too. We w both watched it around the same time. You should. You got to see it. Uh, uh, yeah, it's I worth watching the movie. You don't even really need to read the book. But what I loved about that movie, because from my experience working in group homes, because I wasn't a nurse. I mean, I was uh, like a personal support worker, so I wipe butts. Mm -hmm. I'd help clean a colostomy bag. I'd mainly um, psychological stuff, like, you know, talk to them. Right. Sit by, sit by their bed, you know, be that. So the Dr. Sleep character in Stephen King's thing, uh, book, movie now, is that he would sit by the beds and he would kind of like help them drift off into death without so much fear. Mm, okay. And so I, I know that, these older people, I think, I think the impression is when somebody dies in a group or sorry, in a nursing home, it's like, Oh yeah, of course. That's why they went there. <laughs> but, but they're not okay with it all the time. 
And like this woman, this, just because she's 87 years old, laying on the floor, had a stroke. Ah, she's old. We don't really do that kind of thing. Just let her go. She was going to go pretty soon anyways. I cannot guarantee it, but I can almost guarantee it, that your fear of death from what I've seen when you're in your 80s is higher than when you're, say, in your 40s or your 50s. Yeah, especially if, like, you, because life simplifies, right? And if you don't have closure on some things, especially with family, you know, loved ones. Right. That might be a very difficult thing to be so isolated and then not see relatives yeah. for a while. Y- yes. So this, so so beyond all, all the stuff that we talked about or whatever, and her on the phone and stuff, all I picture is a woman laying on the ground stroked. I didn't know she was stroked at that point, but dying mm-hmm. and maybe feeling just the cold concrete underneath her. And feeling Ugh. no spirit around her, feeling no warmth around her. Jeez. You know, even just the action of trying to bring her back to life would at least be a contact point with another human being. Like, have you ever woken up and just recognized how open you are to death? Like, like it's like, oh, like you're like at three in the morning and you're just like suddenly thinking like, oh my God, my whole family can die. I, I, I can die. I can disappear. And you suddenly feel like this untetheredness to like yeah. security in your life. And you're like, oh, it's going to happen. I hope it doesn't happen right now. Yeah. As an, as an 87 year old living in a group home where you, or sorry, in a nursing home where your family's put you away, I imagine that those kind of thoughts float in and out of your mind all the time. Well, that, that was um, clearly, that was my feeling. December 26th of last year when I'm laying on my couch and the EMS is hooking me up to EKG machines and all this stuff. And I'm, I'm white as a ghost. I'm coming right. in and out of consciousness. I'm staring at, I'm looking in my wife's eyes, mm-hmm. just like, I wonder, I wonder, is this it? I wonder right. if this is the last time, like, you know, there's, there's so much that goes through your head at that point. And at the same time, there's this, this desire for so little to go through your head. I, I don't know if that makes sense, but I understand. things become very surgically simple yes. at that point, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, 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 the frills and the riffraff that makes up the noise of our lives just, they go away and things become very clear for a moment. So there you go. So we we can move on to the happy ending, but I'm just trying to share like with the audience and a lot of the audience probably knows this. If you have like, um, mothers, fathers, grandfathers, grandparents that you've seen pass away and all that kind of stuff, they don't go lightly for the most part. They're all afraid. And this that's why this there's a lot of reasons why this story bothers me and i've already said it but it's that they just left her there having you know being on the younger side and having octogen digi, octogenarians you know around me uh grandparents older people um <laughs> what? i can imagine <laughs> isn't that what they're called octogenarians I'm, man that's new to me i don't know let's but, see octogenarian you're probably right a person who is from 80 to 89 years old wow man you taught wow. me something there sound like you an did. astronaut that's taught myself losing oxygen which is basically an old person so that's good <laughs> like i said and i think like you're, you're like what you've experienced life gets very simple toward at the very end and just the presence uh regardless of regardless of how we feel being present when when our our senior relatives mm-hmm. pass i think is is uh the right the human thing to do yeah, oh absolutely man just warmth around Even if them, we didn't music. have a good life with them you know 
oh, dude, what kills me is going into, well, what killed me is going into a room where they have those bright fluorescent lights on them. I, yeah. I can't, I can't, I myself can't stand those. But like put a nice little lamp on, it, 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 adjust it to their generation, right? Nice little lamp, maybe a record player, even music, just playing like their old style music all the time. Just make it feel warm. Yeah. Turn up the heat a little bit, even. I mean, those places are very sterile and cold almost all the time. They I, they I, have I, those tile yeah. floors that are like the elementary school floor, where it's been waxed so many times, it's more wax than tile. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Just so those sounds happen when you're walking by with your feet. <laughs> but man, I'll t- I gotta tell you, I, 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 I'm, I don't want to. I, I will share this real quick, but I'll tell you, man, an old guy that I've sit beside one time. And he didn't have any family around. I don't know what he'd done. He was like in his 80s. And I was like 15 years old. And I'm sitting beside his bed. And his last words, man, were, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, And then he died. uh, And I was like, I think, I think, (laughs) I think he's dead. I don't know. But I I think... (laughs) How sad, too. You wonder if, like, he was around family, if, you know, those last words would have been different. You just never know. He was out of it. He was out of it, and suddenly he spoke up like that, and then he was gone. Uh, Anyways, I think he molested children or something. The guy was a weirdo. uh, I had a a thought, though, you know. I don't know. I don't know that for certain. I just had that (laughs) feeling about the guy. Sorry. Good, Good thing you qualified that. Uh, you know, I, it's funny. You go into a, a rest home, senior living facility, whatever, and if it kind of feels old, and, you know, it feels uh, foreign to us. <laughs> I mean, not just the people, but like everything about it seems dated, right? But dude, guess what's going to It's going to be applicable to our generation when we're in there. You, you know, they're going to have like, they're going to have like an Xbox or a PlayStation one, you know, they're going to have the things that we're used to having, uh, around us, you know? Right. For sure. In in our, in our rest homes. We hope so. You hope so. I mean, if you got the money to pay for those good rest homes, but we're talking about like these publicly funded or not, not funded, you know, the lowest of the low, the ones that that I was in is like, I don't know. What did they have a lot of when they were younger balloons and (laughs) cake and bingo? Did they play a lot of bingo when they were kids? <laughs> well, so what you're saying is we all are uh, just, uh, we're slaves to the fact that we're all going to be uh, taken care of in the end by people who don't care about us. Relegated to playing cribbage? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. Right. Yeah. You ever been, you know, when you go to the DMV and uh, they don't care about you at all, any personality, they've been dealing with the same type of person every day, all day, same questions? Yeah. That's kind of like what it's like if you go to a group, go to a nursing home yeah, where they've watched true. a whole bunch of people die before you and they're getting paid $14 an hour to serve you. I had to, at, at Health South, I worked with um, patients that, uh, that were stroke patients. And there was, this, there was a reality that set in because I would work with them on their motor skills. And every cool. once in a while, you'd, I'd, I'd walk in, I'd be like, oh, where's Donna? They're like, oh, she went home. She's, you know, she she Dead. recovered well enough. They oh, went home. Right. Yeah, not 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 to the great home in the sky. Oh, but but the reality that you kind of that sets in is that that's rare. 
that someone in that facility, for whatever reason, is going to actually graduate back. Absolutely. Out of the facility. Most of them are there. Yeah. To finish out their time. We talked about it enough too, but but like I've I've been really negative about it. It's there are great people in those homes too. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. You can pay minimum yeah. wage. Doesn't mean you got to be a piece of shit and treat people. It depends on how long they've been there, I guess. And and here's the thing, man, is that like the dumbest, the most ignorant, the most negative, the most kind of standstill, cloudy, friggin' day every day type people do stick to jobs. Yeah. It, it, well, it's, it's for us, you think about it, like you've got doctors, surgeons, you know, people like that where they see something broken, they fix it. Yeah. Uh, there's a sense of reward. Right. With these people, uh, it takes a special spirit to, to, to do it right and to be in it for the right reasons. Colleen clearly Which, wasn't one of those. Yeah, maybe not. I mean, she was definitely there for the job. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. Once I wonder after after they kind of turned on her and said that she was she completely misunderstood their practice with regard to emergency medical care of their residents whether she kept her job you know after all that uh, yeah I wonder t- she probably did probably she probably did they only gave her first name ever so uh, she was probably farmed out to some other facility and yeah. Yeah. Continuous reign of, of death and carnage. Anyways, shout out to everybody who works in those kind of homes. Who's, who's shout listening. out. You guys are special. Try to try to override those Colleen's in your life in those places too. They <laughs> they stand they stand they stick around so long that you think that they know what they're talking about, but they mm. get to a point where it's just like they've just been there too long, and ugh, they do the bare minimum. Well, and the new the new person rolls in; they're all full of vim and vigor. And they and hate them, and they, they want to touch lives and you know help people walk into the. Look at this idiot! Ether, yeah, and the the veteran is jaded, mm-hmm. and usually they're they're superior. So you know, it's like, oof, what do you do? Anyway, all right. Anyways, yeah, I come from the one floor of the cuckoo's nest generation of yeah. healthcare <laughs> so people listening right now who are in healthcare are like what is he talking what about is- we wiped these people out 20 years ago <laughs> i just remember the story you told and i think it was obviously before your time of of working in a facility but where you were you walked into your kitchen and there was a a, la- a crazy lady outside the yeah. the window the window that's when i was a kid yeah uh, at my house you, yeah because of the location of your house, right? Yeah, near to a mental uh, institution. That's fun. That's Whippy, Ontario. Fun. <laughs> she used to babysit us. She was standing out the corn. I thought that was corn stalk, but it was Muriel <laughs> covered in milk. <laughs> boobs hanging out like the chick from The Shining coming out of the bathtub. Oh, gosh. Yeah. No, just so anybody listening, I, I, I was in the healthcare uh, realm that I'm talking about, where, where I'm drawing my, my information from, from... 1994 to like 1997 so okay so we'll start looking for unexplained crimes uh and terrible things goings on don't look too deep all those places have been burned down (laughs) one of them burned down oh crap oh okay (laughs) nothing nothing to see here (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) oh Um, Old right, people hey, go how- up quick, man. They go up like <laughs> parchment. Oh my gosh, parchment. <laughs> oh, 
gosh. <laughs> what started the fire? They were like uh, buffing an 87-year-old woman's toenails. What, what, what started the fire? Well, the brill cream in all the men's hair is what really started <laughs> so it. They were letting so much. smoke in there at that time, too. Everyone was smoking cigarettes. Oh, that's oh, great. Can you imagine? No. An, a 92-year-old woman smoking a cigarette in a bed? The whole yeah. place lit on fire. Weird. Yeah. What can you tell a 92-year-old woman who's still smoking, though? I mean, what literally, Not much. What, what can you tell her, you know? Not much, Not man. She's Jamaican, too, this lady. Oh, wow. So, yeah. yeah. Can't tell her much, no, man. Tell She's her tough it. as hell. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, how about a happy ending? Yes, please. Okay. This one really needs no introduction. It's just ridiculous. You ready? I'm ready. All right. Here. Oh, can I, can, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah. The Jamaican lady, let me tell you, let me tell you her saying. Her name is Amy. She didn't have any family there. She would say, gather the roses while you may. Old time is still a flying. The same flower that blossoms today, tomorrow will be dying. That's beautiful and tragic. Yeah, she's dead. She died like 20 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> she used to make uh, flowers out of cigarette butts. Anyways. <laughs> Wow. Nothing like smelling a flower and getting a little bit of a, you know, nicotine dependency. <laughs> oh, man. She was so dependent on nicotine. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right. All right. Here. <laughs> here we go. 911, Chief Police, Hello? Fire Ambulance. Yeah, I need an ambulance, please. You need the ambulance? No, I need the uh, police. Well, then why did you say you need ambulance? I didn't say ambulance. I said I need police. Okay. You have the police. Yeah. Where's the emergency? Actually, the thing is that I have to pee, and these guys are not moving. You have to pee? Yeah. This is your emergency, that you have to pee? Yeah. And yeah. how are the police going to help you urinate? I have to pee, man. And but I'm not sure what you like me to do, that you have to urinate. I can't help you with that. I am disconnecting. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> like, what the world, man? I mean, he, he, did, he had an accent, so I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that maybe he's not from there. Of course not. Was, but was where he? Do a, was you a, that live? was a cab driver. I don't know. He was just in his car, stuck in traffic, and he had to pee, and they weren't moving. It sounded so much like a cab driver. You know, you see those cabbies all like lined up, and they're all from yeah other countries and stuff. Yeah, um, he had to pee. He had to pee, and the and they weren't moving. It makes you like I understand. Like I like I said, give him the benefit of the doubt that maybe he's not from here. But where do yeah. you live? Where the cops will show up and clear traffic because <laughs> of beautiful your... country? Did you leave? <laughs> where they'll do Why? that for you? Why in the world would you leave there? <laughs> oh my goodness! I think I talked about before where I worked for like this uh, cleaning truck company. You just spray spray down the trucks afterwards. Yeah, right. And you go in, and there was this one particular truck that had been gone for like years. And they brought it in, finally cashed in, and there was this flap over top of the seat. And we went to go clean the seat, and we realized it was a fake, like, flap over the top. And there was, there was a hole carved in the seat all the way through down to the bottom of the truck. So they were just taking dumps oh. while they were driving. Wow. Sounded like that guy on the phone on that call right there was the guy who owned <laughs> the truck. Just joking. No, he was from like Pakistan, I think, or something. They said, "Oh man, that's creative." And also, yeah, can yeah. you imagine driving behind that guy? 
Oh my God. You wouldn't even notice, man. It would hit the ground, just turn to dust. You would just get like a poof. You'd be like, oh, that smelled funny. Was it a skunk? <laughs> I guess depending on what he ate. Yeah. It might, yeah. At 70 miles an hour, it's, yeah, you, you might be right there. He might not have been Pakistani. I mean, that's just what I heard, but he could have been a white guy. I mean, lots of white guys are disgusting too. Not the Pakistani I, people are disgusting. Just white people. Oh, God. What's happening? Ah, we're going to end this. <laughs> oh, hugs, everybody. <laughs> hey, thank you so much for letting us invade your earballs again with another episode. Here's a fun fact to know and share. Do you know the best way to help your favorite podcasts out? Well, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, for example, downloading each episode helps your favorite podcasts gain more visibility. Go to the app. Tap on the library icon and click on a show and then swipe left on each episode and select download. This helps Apple know that you love a show enough to have them on hand for listening even when there's no internet. If enough people do that, the show rises in the ranks. Pretty cool, huh? Up and above that, shows like ours gotta pay the bills. COVID has really hammered advertising on podcasts, if you didn't know. So the best way to help each other out is to support the shows you love on Patreon. For your $5 a month, you get a ridiculous amount of content. Currently, if you support us on Patreon, you get access to 320 exclusive uploads that we have shared for our special supporters. So for less than a cup of Joe or a glass of Jim, and definitely less than a bag of Jane you get a huge amount of exclusive content that is growing every week. Your support is literally what keeps our lights on, as Jack and I have no other job prospects because we do this full-time. Call it a mistake. Call it entrepreneurial vigor. But this is the path that we've chosen. Now, we work hard to make it worth it to you. Okay, enough begging. We love that you're here. You can also find us on Facebook, where I can't help but comment on just about every post. It's a hard job, but somebody's got to do it. So much hugs to you. <laughs> <laughs>